Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast. This is part two, if you like, of our special look at farm diversification to see how farmers and landowners are making greater use of their outside space to generate some welcome extra income. Now, we're always banging the drum on this podcast for farmers to adapt and try out new things. And today we've got somebody who embodies this perfectly. Somebody who wanted a complete lifestyle change and had the passion and the drive to see it through. And her name is Celia Gaze. Celia is a great example of how keeping agile and open-minded can help change the direction of a business and open up new opportunities. Her story is also very relevant when it comes to stress management and improving well-being, which has been a major issue during the COVID-19 crisis. I read that quite often it is the female partner who does not have a farming background who seems to bring in new ideas and skills to the farm and that is what's helping to bring about positive change. So I'm excited to chat to Celia today who has transformed her husband's farm into an award-winning venue, the Wellbeing Farm. And the latest prestigious award was for UK Wedding Events Team of the Year. But it was not an easy road for her. The great thing is she wants others to benefit from what she learned to make it easier for others to translate their ideas into personal and business success. Celia has also written a book which documents her incredible journey, as well as being a fantastic resource for anybody who needs encouragement and practical advice to put their ideas into action. Yes, I'm actually reading this book at the moment. So we'll be talking more about the book later. But first of all, we wanted to know why Celia gave up a successful career in healthcare to set up a new business venture on her husband's farm. Right. So I came from quite a strange route to farm diversification. I actually was a director in the NHS and uh, through my that work experience work related stress and burnout. And that caused me to look for another purpose and another career. And I went off to study stress management, work-related stress. And through that, um, what created, uh, could an environment be created to manage stress? At the time, my partner had a neglected, uh, like quite neglected farm. And I basically decided that I was going to transform this farm into a concept of what is called a well-being farm to basically so it would all be designed around the five ways of well-being to actually help people um, with their stress management that's how I started on the farm diversification. And what makes you feel passionate about the well-being farm and, and, and what makes you feel stand out uh, and made you one, win multiple awards? Okay, right. So, first of all, the concept was quite unique because it was designed around the five ways to well-being, which around, um, you know, the, the connection, the improvements to the environment, to the views, the, the whole atmosphere of, of the farm. But the most unique factor was um, I decided at the time the farm had stables. It had been a livery yard at one point. And it had, and I looked for an animal, what could literally be in a stable, survive the cold winters here in the farm, and actually um, didn't require a lot of work, to be quite honest. And um, I researched, I did a load of research on um, an animal which would also help with stress, and I came up with the idea of a llama. 
And basically, um, the llamas were introduced to the farm as um, firstly for llama trekking, where if you have stress or burnout, the, the idea is you take a llama for a walk. And by walking a llama, you're at the same height as a llama. You, you start um, basically, as the more you walk, the animal relaxes, you relax. And it actually helps with stress. And, and there's quite a lot of articles on this. So I decided to basically incorporate llamas as part of the offer to the farm. But because the uh, farm, when we built it, was uh, it was powered by a wind turbine, uh, we, we, we built the farm with very sort of um, eco-friendly materials and had sustainability put into the building right from the outset. So that combination of well-being, sustainability and sort of fun uh, with the llamas has just led us to create something very very different um, mm -hmm. and that's how how we've got uh, some of the awards that we've done. Now I understand the presence of the llamas helped the business in more ways than one didn't it? I um, opened in March um, 2013 and basically by December 2015 I have been through so much bureaucracy so many battles so much difficulties that um, I was nearly bankrupt with the model that I was doing then I had to try and do something radically different in order for my business to survive and I went home with my mum and she was clearing out a load of decluttering and she came across a bag of bow ties and I was like, what on earth am I going to do? And she said, what am I going to do with this bag of bow ties? And I said, oh, just give them to me. I'll go and stick them on a llama. That was <laughs> the result of putting that bow tie. I went back and I said to the guy who looked after the animals, just go and stick this bow tie on the llama. And when you come back, will you? when you've got the bow tie on the llama, will you come tell me and I'll come in and take a photograph? So literally, that's what we did. And I put the photograph on our Facebook page at the time. And the photograph went crazy. Everybody wanted to know about the bow tie wearing llamas, honestly. And <laughs> at the time, we just started doing weddings from the farm. And um, we started the wedding business and people wanted to get married with a bow tie wearing llama. And we went from two weddings that year to 15, to 43, to 68, to 70. And we are now scheduled for over 100 weddings for next year. Wow. And, and that's how the clients come. So obviously they book their weddings uh, with us. And then we've also diversified. We also run corporate events and business events during the week. Um, mm -hmm. And we do also parties as well. Cool. So, so is it is it mainly the, the the weddings? Is it silly? Is that is that sort of the, the bulk of the business? Would you say? Yeah, the the weddings is the bulk, the majority of it. So, but the tr the trouble is, you know, the weddings when you've got your sort of Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays booked up with weddings, it does limit you to what you can do. The good thing, one of the good benefits that have come out of lockdown, although it's been dreadful, but but well-being has gone to the highest priority. Um, mm -hmm. for everyone people are a lot more open about discussing stress so to be honest all the things that I've been working on in in, a, in this model are finally coming to fruition now and you know so it's the weddings that have really taken off but also all the business side as well well-being and everything and that's why we've won all the awards because the 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 thing that we do from the farm is just very very unique and different 
What would you say um, is the main difference between having your wedding on your farm and having a, a wedding in, a, say, a, a, a traditional setting like a church? Right. OK. So I think um, basically I follow the wedding trends that are from New Zealand and Australia and America. I don't tend to look at what's going on in England. So I do quite almost like really kind of fight relaxed style of weddings um I, i'm constantly looking at the next wedding trend the next thing that's going to come along so mm -hmm. the style of weddings that we offer are very much on um relaxed vibe about them which is what couples want couples are more into very much about passionate about sustainability passionate about kind of localism where food comes from our farm and and our fa our family steve my partner's family stephen's family have have been in um farming i mean they have a butcher in, in the village which they run so you know the quality of the meat the lamb that we have is reared on our farm goes into the butchers but then ultimately gets served at the wedding so zero food miles etc and i think that that the couples of today are very passionate about that they're very passionate about kind of eco and and, and sort of sustainable weddings and then the style of the of the food we serve we don't do the typical wedding where you go there and you sit down and somebody comes on and gives you a bit of chicken in parma ham with a bit of sauce and somebody comes and serves you vegetables we serve big feasts down the middle of the table with massive platters of three different types of meats massive bowls of vegetables and salads all served down the table and people just love that kind of sharing uh, they love that sort of vibe of the weddings they love the whole sort of atmosphere of the weddings and that has been the, uh, and then we provide games on the field we we do sack races we do tug of war we provide a, a, a crazy mini golf uh, crazy golf um, we have go-karts the, the llamas come out as part of the wedding um, and people do selfies with the llamas we also have donkeys and alpacas and people all see those and then again we're open till one o'clock in the morning we have three different bars from the farm we can hold up to 300 people in the barns so it's quite big um sort of a, a spacious you know we what was once a cattle shed is now this barn and you know a wedding barn and we we got our wedding license and all of these different elements just come together is it the, is it just a reception or do people have the ceremony there as well or do they have um, yeah no, they have yeah they have we have a wedding license in two locations so they Good. can they have everything there they arrive in the morning or early afternoon and they leave it after one o'clock in the morning and you said you're following trends in Australia and, and, and other parts of the world. So does that mean you also get guests from overseas or is it mainly um, British people? Um, um, no, it's mainly British people. But I mean, again, we've had um, guests. It's not just something that's just local. We've had people from all over the, the place come. And we've even... Um, I think we have, you know, the lockdown, we, we made everything virtual. So we have virtual tours, virtual ways of communicating with people. We've done quotes, weddings virtually. We've had Zoom meetings and we've even sold things to, to, to couples from abroad who then just arrived and and ended up getting married here. So it's quite, um, you know, it's quite unique, the, the offer and um, yeah. of what we provide. But obviously it's not been an easy journey to get to this point. I saw you also published a book this year called Why Put the Bow Tie on a Llama? How a Crazy Idea Can Change Your Life and Transform Your Business. 
So what made you write this book? I um, wrote a book about how I had literally um, changed from a neglected farm to this a venue um, because I went through so many mistakes, so many problems. I wanted to document my journey. So if any farmer decided that he or she wanted to do something else with their premises, wanted to do something else with their farm, they would not make the same mistakes that I made. Would you be um, OK about revealing, you know, one or two of those sort of regrets? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, so so basically um, when I first started out um, and I want, made the decision that I wanted to go and change the farm, um, I, I thought, you know, I would be welcomed uh, with open arms by the local planners to change what was a neglected farm into something which create employment, get, get people um, help with tourism, help the local economy, um, help the local um, villages, you know, things like that. And I had to go to a massive exercise with planning to get planning permission in the first place. And there were all sorts of things that I, I learned, like putting in um, tra um, travel um, plans as well as um, the, the sustainability plans and things like that and I, I literally um, documented a whole section on all of the things that I'd learned about planning there was I'm so much so that actually you know if anybody is going for this again you know you've got to get all these things um, sorted before you even submit your planning application because it can be so frustrating and so so difficult to go through this and very very costly and to be honest if, if at the time when I did this sort of 10 years ago there was nothing around that I could refer to nobody had written nobody it, it, these things weren't there and so I had to just learn make mistakes and learn again and then make more mistakes so finally I get the planning permission I then get rejected by seven banks um, for the idea to get funding and that that was a nightmare and and, and that was because I was from an NHS background. I'd produced this, this business plan, which was just far too complicated. And when somebody came along as a, as a financing advisor and just got my business plan, summarised it in three pages, took it to the first bank, and it immediately got accepted. And so, again, <laughs> there was this whole thing about kind of not making it too complicated uh, and everything. And then after that, the building process started. And I mean, you know, up until this point, I'd been in the NHS. I'd bought a house, but that was the only extent of builds of building that I had ever done. And so, you know, there was a whole masses of insights in the building work. I, I ran over budget quite considerably. So there's all things of how to manage your builder, how to manage your how to install a wind turbine, how to install the wind water treatment plant, all these things I just had to learn that, that nobody could sort of tell me how to do all of this. And then when I opened, the worst thing was I opened up and just before a week of opening, um, this man came in the door and I was sort of putting the pictures on the wall and, and I said, who are you? And he goes, I'm from the business rates inspector. And I was like, well, what, what do you want? And he goes, I'm here to inspect your premises for business rates. And at the time, I'd had loads of input from uh, people who'd helped me with my business plan, people who'd helped me with the finance, and not one person mentioned business rates. Yeah. So, uh, so it just shows like uh, the battles that you have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. But Celia, you know, despite all these setbacks, 
I mean, would you would you recommend it to farmers, you know, looking for a little bit of extra income? Would you say, generally speaking, would would you say it's been a positive experience? And oh, honestly, I mean, I wake up every day and can't wait to get to work. I absolutely love love what I do. Uh, you know, and that's why, you know, if somebody had, had sort of pointed out that all these things may happen and actually just be prepared for these things, forearms is forewarned, whereas I never got forewarned of all these things to happen. But now, hopefully, if somebody did to start to diversify and think about diversifying the farm, I totally would absolutely recommend it. You know, I'm not I'm not in any way sort of, you know, I'm so passionate about farming as well. My family are massively into farming generations. But at the same time, I know how hard it is. And sometimes farmers do have to get another other sources of income. And they're sitting on a lot of land and a lot of properties can be diversified. There's all sorts of various different diversification projects around. And I absolutely would say just just be forewarned what might happen and as long as you take that into consideration and you're prepared for it I honestly think it's one of the best things you can do. Well I wanted to ask about this I mean it's obviously a fantastic resource for people now um, is there any um, resource that you found helpful um, at the time when you didn't have anything like that to go to that really lifted you up or, or something that you that helped you um, not having a book like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to go, they, they have here the, a farm diversification show. That was a good way of getting people. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, that only came later on. So it's only going for a few years. And um, I just literally got hold of a various sort of resources um, that, that did help. And I have, I have actually included all of the resources that I used kind of in the, in the last chapters of the book as well to, 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 to give to people, to help people. You know, I, I never knew about, <laughs> I never knew all this until I kind of went through it, but hopefully <laughs> I have put a resource together. We've, we've learned a lot, haven't we, yeah. just listening to you? Yeah. yeah, thank you, yeah, great. Oh, no, thank you very much for inviting me to your show. Really appreciate it.